Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Hi guys, welcome back to the Beyond Fit podcast. This is Jake Parker. Today's podcast is a special edition. So this week, if you follow my newsletter or my Instagram account, you've seen that I am sharing lessons learned from bodybuilding and specifically the first six days of this week, Monday through Saturday, I am sharing one lesson each day. And so there's going to be six total Uh, six lessons that I've learned from bodybuilding. And these can be applied directly, obviously, to your endeavors and improving your body, your body composition and physique, but also just improving your mind and improving your life in all aspects. I use all these lessons interchangeably in between my workouts and my bodybuilding routine, as well as, like I said, my day-to-day life. And just these are all principles that I use and that I think define me and make me the person that I am. So I wanted to share these six lessons with you. Uh, You may have heard a little bit about these first couple if you've been following the newsletter and my Instagram, and you're going to get a little bit of a preview of what's gonna come the rest of the week if you're listening to this and also following those channels. I think this will be a lot of fun. I think that there will be a lot of key insights for you guys here. So make sure you keep up with the other stuff that I'm putting out. And as always, make sure to ask any questions if you want anything clarified or want to discuss anything further with me. I always really love and appreciate when you guys do that. So without further ado, the first lesson is that habit is key. And I talk a lot about habits. I talk a lot about one of my favorite books, which is James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. And that book changed the way that I see really more than anything how to coach people because the reason that I think that I'm a great coach is because I focus not so much on the individual strategies, but more so on lowering the barrier to entry for someone to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. You have to make things accessible and desirable and just pragmatic. And these are all things that James Clear talks about in his book. One of my favorite quotes on habits is by Warren Buffett. He says, chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. So something that people tell me a lot when I talk about how regimented I am and how many habits I have and try to instill on a daily basis, such as a morning routine and scheduling out my days in my calendar, even things like recreational activities and hanging out with friends and calling loved ones and stuff like that. Uh, People will often say, well, I want to be serendipitous. You know, I don't want to be tied down by routine or weighted down or that disciplined. And my answer to that is always that I love freedom too. And I prioritize and emphasize freedom. And that's why I'm so strict with my routines and my habits. In order to have any sense of autonomy over your life, you have to have control over the big rocks is something I like to say. The big rocks being your health, your family, your career, and your vocation. And a lot of these things are going to come down to just doing the right thing day in and day out. And that's easy, but it's not 
always most obvious. And so the more you can outsource the right things to have it, the better off you're going to be. I think that so often we tend to explain away others' success. And especially when it comes to bodybuilding, to body composition and physique, we like to say that other people are blessed with better genetics, where we might just be in awe at their seemingly superhuman willpower. But this isn't the case. You'll see that we're all just so much the product of our habits. I don't know the exact statistic, but I think something like 40% of the things you do in a day already are habit. And so, for example, when you think about waking up and brushing your teeth and showering and making breakfast and taking the same route to work and doing things just on a daily basis that are similar, that are comfortable, you check your favorite websites, you have different processes that you use to get your work done, you know, whatever it is, we already have habits. And so, implementing habits isn't a new thing, but being intentional and putting into place the right habits, that may be a new thing to you, but you should take solace in the fact that it's not foreign to you and to your lifestyle and to your day-to-day to implement healthy habits. And so for me, the biggest tips to building good habits, and especially when it comes to making your workouts a habit, And something I wanted to note here too, is that I've referred so often to a, I've been trying to be more cognizant of referring to workouts and not referring to going to the gym, because I know so many of you still are working out at home and are confined to that for now. Or maybe I've just found that that's the thing that works best for you ever since the whole quarantine and pandemic, or maybe that was just something you were doing before. Um, And so I am trying to refer more so to working out than going to the gym. And something else that I think is very important as far as just vernacular is saying training as opposed to saying exercising when I can remember to, because training really speaks to the habit more so than exercising does. And exercising sounds like something that has a higher barrier to entry, something that's more of a chore, whereas training just feels like something that we do on a daily basis because it is what we do and it's a process and it speaks to that journey, not the destination sort of mindset. Something that Ryan Holiday wrote about in his book, Ego is the Enemy, which is one of my favorite books. And Ryan is one of my favorite authors. He wrote about, I believe he was talking about some sort of a Zen master that said that training was like sweeping the floor. Maybe this was in the context of martial arts or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly, but some sort of Eastern philosopher in some respect saying that training is like sweeping the floor just because we've done it once doesn't mean the floor is clean forever every day the dust comes back every day we must sweep so take this back to your own habits again do you feel like you're clean for the whole week just because you shower on monday no and just because you get one fantastic workout in one day of the week if you ruin it by not sticking to any sort of a diet plan or not making it back to the gym for another great workout at least a couple more times that week, then you're probably not going to see the results you're looking for. So you have to think about the fact that habits just really speak to this journey over the destination sort of thinking. And so some of the things that really help me to stay on track in this respect are enjoying workouts. So maybe that means having a partner. Maybe that means that you do the exercises that you enjoy more so than those that are scientifically optimal, quote unquote. And that's another thing that just speaks to my coaching philosophy. Like I said, you want to do the workouts that you enjoy and are scientifically optimal, but you can't go too far on one side or the other, or you're going to end up frustrated. 
knowing yourself and having a coach that knows you are really important in this respect. A couple other things that I do to stick to my habits on a day-to-day basis are positive identification with my habits. So looking at myself and saying, I am a healthy person that makes smart choices every day. Um, I am a bodybuilder. I'm a trainer who goes in and doesn't miss workouts, who doesn't skip workouts, who eats food to fuel my goals. And this might seem a little goofy and sometimes it could seem a little far-fetched, but it's really important to be able to positively identify yourself. And another area where if you don't do this positively, the negative, the negative, excuse me, negative identification is going to creep in much how much like how I talked about positive and negative habits. So if you don't have positive identification for yourself, you're going to let negative identification happen. And you're going to say, I'm lazy. I can't eat healthy. I can't stick to a workout plan. You know, I'm a drinker, stuff like that. So really trying to get serious about who am I? Why is this sort of stuff important to me? And then above everything, you want to make sure that the times you choose to work out are seen as non-negotiable appointments with yourself. So for me, since my schedule is a little bit more flexible, I'm going to go in on Sunday nights and I'll schedule out all the times that I'm planning on going to my gym and working out. But maybe for you, if you have a job where you have to be there at the same time each day and you want to work out each weekday, you just simply make sure that you're going to make it to the gym or make it to your workout, whatever it is that wherever it is that you work out every morning before you work out and make that a non-negotiable appointment with yourself. It's funny how I think that people kind of lack this base of self-respect and self-love. Self-love is another topic I've talked about this week. I think that it's not so much treating yourself and letting yourself get off easy, but true self-love is disciplining yourself and making sure you hold true to your own word. People will often talk about being true to their word. And I think that that's a really fantastic thing, but too often it's looked at in the context of other people, keeping your word to other people. I think what's important first and foremost is keeping your word to yourself. So when you plan on going and working out five days in a week, and then you only do that twice, you're breaking your bond with yourself. And you're going to start not to believe yourself when you go after big goals or when you try to, you know, set new standards and reach new accomplishments and milestones. That's going to make all that a lot harder. There's a quote I really like by Naval Ravikant, where he says that self-esteem is a reputation you have with yourself. You'll always know. So other people aren't going to know, and it's really not going to matter to them if you break these agreements with yourself, but you're going to know, and that's going to damage your reputation with yourself, which is just going to lead to more anxiety and just kind of be a negative spiral. So really making sure that you treat appointments with yourself, like working out or whatever sort of call it self-care things that you need for yourself, whether it be meditating, reading, winding down, family time, whatever that may be, making sure that you hit these non-negotiable appointments like you would with a boss or with a best friend or a partner or something like that. It's really important to develop respect for yourself in the context of creating habits and knowing that you're going to stick to your word. And for me, a lot of that power just comes from simply just scheduling and having things that I know are going to get done because I can't see any other way. They're part of my day-to-day routine. They're part of what I do on on a day-to-day basis, like I said. So the next lesson here is motivation doesn't work. And specifically, I talk a lot about in this context, the fact that action always trumps motivation. So I think that too often we rely on our motivation and we want to be pumped up in order to go and work out and in order to stick to our diet plan 
And often it's really just more about letting your actions trump your motivation. And specifically in this context, I like to think about how seeing yourself do certain things and just acting yourself into motivation is a lot more powerful. People tend to think that motivation comes before action, but really if, again, like I said, you see yourself sticking to your word and you see yourself taking action on something, you are going to feel more motivated just in turn because you're going to be showing the evidence for the person you want to be. So often, and I've definitely been here in the past, we use words like, I should eat healthier, or I wish I worked out more, or I'm going to get in shape, or I'm going to start dieting. And we talk about these things that are going to happen in the future, but we don't put any sort of a timeline on them or deadline. And again, this is where just starting to act, even if you don't feel fully prepared, can be so, so powerful. There's a writer whom I referenced recently, Somerset Maham. I'm not 100% sure if I got that name right, but he talks about the fact that, well, in his writing routine, he says, I write only when inspiration strikes. And fortunately, it strikes every morning at nine o'clock sharp. So just speaking to the fact that, again, going back to habits, sticking to habits and relying on consistent action is a lot more important than just feeling motivated. Because of course, you're not always going to feel motivated to go to the gym. But one thing I always tell people is that you're never going to regret those times you don't feel like going to the gym or working out and you go and do it anyway. And you go and push through it because you're going to feel good afterwards. You're not going to feel good usually if you stay home, if you stay on the couch and you don't do any physical activity because you're going to have, again, broken that agreement with yourself. And even at a more biological level, you're not going to have gone and gotten those good positive chemicals going in your body and let, let that sort of energy release out and gotten that connection into your body. That's part of the reason I love bodybuilding so much, because I think that it's important to have some sort of a physical grounding where you go and you work your body and you work your muscles and it makes you tired and it makes you in touch with this primal connection with this primal source of who you are. So a thing that I've told a lot of people is that I just see weightlifting and bodybuilding as the most natural way to consistently get in exercise. If you don't have a certain preference for any other way of exercise, because it's going to be the highest bang for your buck in terms of what it's going to do for your body. And I think that every single person needs to have some sort of a practice where they are getting physical and exercising, because even though technically you could probably attain a more or less sufficient body for someone's goals just by really sticking to a diet plan. I think that you're really, really missing out if you aren't physically engaging your body on a consistent basis. So motivation is nice. Something I say about motivation also is that you may look at it like a pre-workout supplement, which sometimes I'll take, sometimes I won't. And it's going to give me a little bit better workout, but it's not going to be the difference between having a great workout and having a shitty workout. I'm going to get a good workout in either way, but sometimes it's nice to kind of get that little extra oomph and you're like, oh, okay, that feels good. You know, that's nice, but don't count on it. Don't make it something you rely on. A lot of people, especially I know, you know, the bro type of guys, like I sort of consider myself uh, in some respects, are often just, I don't know if addicted is the right word, but really reliant on that pre-workout oomph. And sometimes motivation can kind of feel that same way. You have to do all these things to get yourself 
going and hyped up where just going and getting into action and starting your workout, even when you're not ready, like I said, that action versus trying to be motivated can be so much more powerful. And on top of all this, you have to think about what's the path of least resistance for you. So is it working out at home? Is it working out at a gym that's closer to where you are? Is it doing workouts that you enjoy more? So it doesn't feel like such a burden. There's a lot of ways to make sure that the path to working out for you is not one that is a big barrier that you have to overcome where you're not looking forward to it day by day. So in this context, the planning of when you're going to do the workout becomes even more important. And then on top of that, also planning, am I going to put my workout clothes out the night before to make it easier for myself? Am I going to have a specific workout plan with a coach that leads me to know exactly what I'm going to do in the gym to make it a smaller barrier to entry for me? Am I going to enlist a partner that's going to count on me being at the workout with them to make it a less of a barrier to entry, whatever you can do to lower the barrier to entry to making you work out. Even if you have to, you know, say you have a really busy schedule, if you have to roll out of bed in the morning and you have an apartment and you just do your workout from your apartment, even in your bedroom, that is the lowest barrier to entry for you. And if you can make that a consistent part of your routine, you are going to see changes no matter what. The biggest point here with all of these lessons is that consistency trumps everything. Whatever you can do consistently because you enjoy it, because you know how to do it, because you have someone pushing you, whatever the big motivator is for you is going to be what's most important. Uh, other tips I have for overcoming low motivation besides just having that routine is try to start a workout with a pregame ritual, so to speak. Oftentimes, or I would say probably just about any athlete, at least at the professional level, is going to have some sort of a pregame ritual. And the reason for that is because you have to get your mind space into the same place that you're trying to get your body into. So whether you have the same pre-workout meal, or you have this ritual of putting on your clothes or putting on your favorite song, having some sort of ritual and routine to your workout is going to help you identify and get there quicker and get there with the snap of a finger, because you are doing these things that Oh, okay. It's kind of like if you've ever heard of Pavlov's, Pavlov's dogs, where yes, these things are happening. I know that I'm about to do my workout and it starts to just be autopilot. You're not having to work yourself up and motivate yourself. Okay. Time to work out. I got to get pumped. No, it's just something that you do. So keeping all those things in mind. The third lesson here is you need to work smart, not hard. So if you don't have the body that you aspire to, and you feel like you go and you work really hard every week, you probably do subjectively work hard. But the point is you have to make sure that the things that you're doing are practical, are evidence-based, are science-based. And again, that's what I prioritize with my coaching. I make sure that the things that we're doing are things that make sense and things that check out scientifically. I think working hard is really quite overrated because like I said, anyone can go and work hard, but you have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, there's a quote by Albert Einstein where he says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So how I think about this quote in the context of my life is back when I was in my early twenties and as a teenager, I would constantly go through these cutting and bulking cycles where 
I would just eat a lot of food and get kind of fat. And then I would try to cut down on food, just basically blindly cutting down on carbs, because I kind of thought that's what you were supposed to do. And it seems funny to look back now with all the new, you know, not even new, but all the information that I've made a part of my life and made a part of my coaching process and understand how backwards I had things. But really, I was in that paradigm of I just need to do more, I need to work harder. But not realizing that if I had looked at things objectively, I could have said, okay, I've been doing these same things year after year after year, and things aren't changing, you know, I would expect to cut down and finally be able to see my six pack that year or something like that. But I wasn't doing anything differently. So looking at it more objectively now, it's like, how could I have ever expected for that to be the case? This is one of the areas that I really like the power that comes in meditation and why I think that's important for people to have, or at least some sort of a mindfulness practice, because as people we're so egotistical and we think that what we're doing is the correct thing, we want to think the best of ourselves. And we, we kind of make excuses in the narrative instinct to think that what we're doing is the right thing. But the more you can try to look at your life objectively and meditation helps me do this, the more you can try to realize where you're going wrong and the more that you can try to change things. Um, but the point being here is you don't need to go and work harder. You don't need to rely on soreness or how much you sweat in the gym or how much you look like you're doing more than the other person. You need to work smart and realize that you have to progress on your exercises. I would recommend for people to do three to five different exercises every week that they focus really hard on progressing on. And in addition to that, be working smart when it comes to your diet is making sure you're eating in some sort of a calorie controlled diet and make sure that you're eating enough protein, which I often for a benchmark, tell people to start at about one gram of protein per pound of body weight. If you already are focused on eating high protein, that can be a somewhat manageable goal. But if you've never focused on eating high protein, an easier place to start might be about 0.6 grams of protein per pound of body weight. But that's going to do a lot for you in terms of muscle gain and retention, and as far as just being satiated from your meals so that you're not overeating so much. So the power of protein, I think, really can't be underestimated in terms of helping you to lose and keep fat off and put on and retain muscle. Um, but those would be the two biggest things that jump to mind for me. And again, with clients, I'm tracking these sort of things, and we're trying to figure out the best and most simple ways for them to eat in terms of meal timing and meal composition so that they can hit these targets, but it doesn't seem like a really high barrier to entry. Again, we're keeping in mind that we want the path of least resistance. Lesson four here is simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And that's actually a quote from Leonardo da Vinci that I go back to a lot. And again, it just speaks to all the things I've kind of already summarized, which is you want the path of least resistance, you want to do the scientifically optimal while also keeping in mind that it's important what you enjoy and what you can do on a consistent basis. Um, again, you know, in a perfect world, going back to that, how to work smart and not hard. If you are really a type of person that has an overly analytical personality and enjoys things like this, you might go in and track every single exercise and try to progress on every single exercise. But I just don't really think that that's practical for most people. It's going to be a lot to keep track of. Um, in addition to that, your day-to-day -day workouts are going to vary quite a bit. So if you're not feeling your best in every single way possible, you're not going to be able to progress 
on certain exercises every single time. But for me, I think that getting kind of fired up for a few certain exercises to know that you're trying to improve at can be more motivating than the possibility of, oh, you know, I'm tracking every single exercise and my, my performance was a little sporadic. So that's demotivating sometimes for, for people. But when you speak to simplicity, I think that the other place that this is most obvious is in diet. I think that I would call the diet plan that I'm on, which is not so much of a diet plan, but it's what I refer to all the time as an 80, 20 diet, where I try to eat about 80% whole clean natural foods and 20% kind of whatever else I want, which often takes the form of pizza, ice cream, beer, you know, whatever that is, whatever your favorite treat foods are. And the way that I make the simplicity work for me is that it's about 50, 50, flexible dieting and eating whatever fits my macros and about 50% just a strict meal plan. So often two times a day, I'm having a meal with some sort of a carb like rice, potatoes, and then some sort of a protein, some sort of a meat. And usually in the morning I'm having eggs, I'm having protein, and I'm going to have maybe some fruit with oatmeal. So I'm hitting these carb fat and protein targets in just about every meal. So it's really a mix between a meal plan and macro tracking, because I know so much about both of these things. And I know the benefit to both of these things. And I know that they're kind of going to the same goal, inevitably, eventually. So just not getting dogmatic is one of the biggest ways that you can implement simplicity into your life and realizing that the more you learn, the more you can simplify things down. So people often think, and especially in an academic setting is I, I think I think a good example where you know the people who are the smartest or the people who are the best teachers are often the people who can break things down into a simple concept. I've often heard that you don't truly know a topic if, unless you can explain it to a fifth grader. So sometimes you know we might think of a professor we had in college or something who was over, over intellectualizing things and always explaining things in a way that was over our head. Whereas sometimes we had that professor or that teacher's assistant or whatever that was really able to break things down and make them very pragmatic and digestible. And I think that that's, again, what's important in having a coach, someone that can make these things fit into your lifestyle and fit into the way that you think and communicate and simplify things down to as simple as they need to be and not more simple and not over overly complicated at the same time. So finding that balance and realizing that this is the key to just that low barrier to entry. Again, I'll keep using that word. What can I do on a consistent basis that makes sense for my life that I just really hardly have to think about? And that's the, the sort of things that I've landed on in, in my own life. The fifth lesson here, we're down to the last two, is to set appropriate goals. And I think that one important note here is that you have to embrace struggle when it comes to goal setting. You have to realize that you are going to have to grind and not always enjoy the course of your goal setting, but you have to keep your mind on the goal overall. And you have to keep your mind on the fact that the goal will be reached if you can stick to the process, but you're going to go on and off the process at times. And it's important to forgive yourself and understand that struggle and self-deprecation and things like that are a part of the game. I've talked about the way that I see as the best way to set goals, which I read about in Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography, Total Recall where he talks about setting very specific goals, um, like for example, saving $5,000 in a year, but giving yourself flexibility in how to reach those goals. So whether it's from a side hustle, whether it's from just saving money from your day job, whether it's from investing money in some way or whatever that is, giving yourself flexibility in reaching your goals, but giving yourself very, very strict 
goals and very strict deadlines so that you can kind of be creative in how to get there. But eventually you're going to reach those goals that you want to reach. And another thing about goals for me is I know that another part of James's clear James Clear's book that I really enjoyed was when he talked about the Goldilocks rule of goal setting in which you have to set goals that are not too easy and not too hard, but they're just right. And I would go a little bit further and say that you should stretch a little bit for your goals because I think that we often underestimate the goals that we can reach. Um, and so set bigger goals than you think you can reach and make sure that they are going to stretch you, but make sure they're within the realm of possibility still. There's a quote I really like by Tim Ferriss where he says, 99% of people believe they can't do great things, so they aim for mediocrity. So don't just aim for mediocre goals, aim for great goals and put those systems in place and use the other principles like I've talked about here, working smart toward your goals instead of working hard, understanding that you always won't be motivated, understanding that your day-to-day -day habits and the simplicity of those habits are going to ultimately lead you to reaching those goals. So know that big and really difficult and kind of scary goals are possible if you just focus on getting a little bit better every single day and letting your wins compound. An example of this may be, I think it's always great to set goals for um, a couple of the lifts that you want to get better at. So if you want to squat 300 pounds or say initially for you, a reasonable goal to squat seems like about 250 pounds, um, say within three months. And instead you go, okay, I'm going to shoot for 300 pounds in four months. So that's a little bit of a step up in your goal. And that's a little bit more intense and scary, but that's going to be all the more motivating to get there. And if you set a goal that's too easy and too reachable, it's going to be demotivating and you're not going to want to do the things that it takes to get there because you're just going to say, oh, it's not that big of a goal. You know, I can just kind of take my time and take it easy and I'll still get there anyway. And on the flip side of that coin, if you set a goal that's just crazy unattainable, like saying I'm going to squat 600 pounds, which is just not attainable for most people, then you're also going to be demotivated because you're going to say, oh, well, why the hell would I even care to work towards my goal? It's so big and audacious and impossible that I'm never going to get there anyway. So finding that sweet spot for you is really key when it comes to goal setting. And then the sixth lesson of this week of bodybuilding slash life lessons is that discipline equals freedom. And I kind of touched on this when it comes to the schedule and scheduling in routines, scheduling in workouts. I, like I said, like to schedule almost every aspect of my life. And for me, the discipline equals freedom aspect just means that you are going to get innumerable benefits by just sticking to a few small disciplines. So think about how much freedom you're going to have in really getting on a great diet and exercise plan that you can keep throughout your life because you follow these other principles. Think about how that's going to impact you as you get older and you can still do all the things you want to do and you still look and feel great as you age and you aren't having to go to the doctor and getting surgeries and getting on all sorts of pills and, and whatever it may be and running into other health complications. Obviously, there's limits and there's going to be biological and hereditary things that we can't really help. But you have to understand that, you know, you can't necessarily do anything about your genetics. And so you want to just do the most that you can to make a healthy lifestyle and a healthy body for yourself. And that starts with discipline equals freedom. This is something that Jocko Willink talks a lot about. And he is... Every day on his Instagram, he's posting his watch at 4.30. He's getting up, he's getting after it, he's working out. And he's one of those people that kind of makes me um, a little bit hesitant to recommend as far as like an inspirational character, because he is kind of on that extreme side of like working hard and not so much talking about the evidence-based and scientific-based uh, working smart 
philosophies that I really endow, but I think it's useful to have people like this motivate you and look to them for just that. Again, sometimes, like I said, motivation can be a nice spur, even though it's not necessary to have. So looking at people that inspire you like this are going to be a net benefit at the end of the day, although we don't, we don't need things like that. Um, I think about discipline equals freedom in the context of something I just mentioned as far as the last tip, which is in compound interest. And basically compound interest is one of the principles I love because obviously a financial term that speaks to how money basically earns on itself. The more money you have, the more money you earn from interest. And this is true with your habits. This is true with your body and changing your lifestyle. The more changes you make, the easier it makes other changes and the easier it makes having positive outcomes in your life because you just start to instinctively know what it takes. And so, for example, someone like me who is in the gym every day and is paying close attention to his diet and is working hard on his business and things like that, it makes it a lot easier to know how to have a good relationship with my parents, with my brother, with my friends, with a girlfriend, because I know that I, I, I use all these other principles, habits in keeping up with people, honesty and, tra- and staying true to my word in terms of communication, uh, goal setting and being realistic with other people and trying to be objective and seeing where I might be going wrong. I love bodybuilding so much. And I tell people that all the time. And it makes me sound like a big, you know, hairy, stupid bro, I think sometimes, but I love it so much because it teaches so many valuable lessons that you can, that you can use in every area of your life to become a better person, to become a better husband, father, friend, partner, whatever it is that you want to excel at in life setting goals and seeing yourself accomplish goals and seeing how little routines implemented day by day can lead to positive manifestations is something that can impact every single area of your life if you let it. And so I really encourage you to take these lessons to heart and not only use them to build yourself the best body you can, but build yourself the best life you can. And the last thing I'm going to go ahead and mention here on this podcast is part of this special week and part of this special promotion is to build some intrigue around a program that I'm starting next week for a limited amount, five people that I'm looking for to join a program that I built for self-starters who have experience lifting weights. So most of the people who are listening to this podcast right now, um, this program is going to be remote. And because I'm using this small handful of people to help me work out kinks and kind of use for a case study, I want to offer it at a huge discount, especially because I care about the people who are reading my newsletter, who are reading my Instagram, who are following my podcast. So if you are interested in joining this program and you want to get in the best shape of your life within the next 60 days, that is the offering, please reach out to me either by email or Instagram DM, and those are both going to be included. So I hope you got a lot of value out of these lessons today. I know that I've got a lot of value just in learning them throughout my life. And let me know if you want to work together and start to implement some of these things that I know into your own life. And in order to individualize and specialize for you to reach the goals that you want to reach. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit. 
and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it. And thank you personally on there. Thank you.